0: Quack, 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 and welcome to the Disenfranchised Podcast. We're back, baby! We're that podcast all about those franchises of one, those films that fancy themselves full-fledged franchises before falling flat on their face after the first film. I am your host, Stephen Foxworthy, and joining me as always, a man trapped in a world he never made, it's my co-host, Brett Wright. Hey, Brett.
1: Hello, Stephen.
0: How are we doing tonight, ma'am?
1: I am doing okay.
0: Right on. It's good to see you, buddy been a while i feel like i haven't seen you in a while we've been on vacation man how was your vacation it was good you actually traveled during that time i did not travel you traveled
1: too much i traveled too much okay it's close to uh i did the math close to like 24 hours of driving total
0: damn son yeah look over um, what span of time uh like a week okay that's i mean it's Look, that's that's a that's a whole day out of that's a one seventh of your total time spent behind the wheel of a car. That's a
1: lot. Yeah, look, like, there's uh, Northern Michigan, not a whole lot close to one another up there.
0: Uh, beautiful area though, absolutely Very beautiful, gorgeous.
1: absolutely. One of
0: my favorite places to vacation, if I'm being real honest.
1: One hundred percent. Yes, the, the the lakes are beautiful. The fudge is delicious. Mm hmm. The knickknack shopping is out of control. Out of um,
2: control. The winters are surprisingly mild. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How many Petoskey stones did you grab, Brett?
2: Uh none. No, none. none
1: at all.
0: That's a bummer.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't know. You know, some, you gotta you gotta make cuts somewhere.
0: I, you that you that do. You got to make. Be you got to make concessions. I understand. You only got so
1: much room in your luggage. You know what I'm saying?
0: And so many hours in the day. I get it, man. I do. Right. And hey, there's another voice on this call, and that belongs to a man who might have done too much toot. It's our other co-host, Tucker. Hey, Tucker. Hey, Steven, How's it going? Not bad, man. How How did you spend your your spring break vacation?
2: At home watching movies and stuff. Did you weren't? We just recorded a thing about all the <laughs> stuff I've watched like in the last week.
0: Yeah, but only patrons hear that, Tucker.
2: That's why you got to go to patreon.com slash disenfranch- dis- disenfranchised pod. There it is. And join at the $5 level so you can hear what it was we talked about for what was initially supposed to be about 15 minutes. It
0: turned out to be about almost an hour. Almost an hour. That's that's how much we love our patrons, man. We, we, give, we give the content behind the paywall. We're not stingy with the content behind the paywall. So check us out. Patreon.com slash pod. The three of
1: us also
2: just like to talk once we get talking. And... It's true. It's true. And we hadn't, we, uh, the three of us have not talked, and it's been almost a month.
0: It's been over a month since the three of us got together in one in a room like this. Yeah. It's been right about a month. So, God, it's good to see you guys. It really is.
2: Yeah. Good to see you, boys.
0: Because yeah. Brett and I recorded the first episode intro by ourselves, and then you and I, Tucker, recorded the other three. So... We did. There like reminds, the three yeah, of us.
2: Buckaroo Bonsai together.
0: Yeah, you do. We got we to gotta get that one released. Of course, our audience has already re-listened to that one. But uh, thanks for making our Rewind Month one of our most downloaded months ever, guys. Appreciate you. Um,
2: it's the greatest hits, and they were all relevant. Well, the last one's not relevant,
0: except like to us. Right. Yeah, it's just kind of a, hey, this is But the is other our...
2: three were are very timely. So yeah. it makes sense that not only are they some of the best episodes, but.
0: Some ones that are very near and dear to our hearts. Here, Um there are some others that I would probably if I if we ever redo the top five episodes of disenfranchised, I've probably got a completely different list now. But ooh,
2: well look, we'd have to have like a very vacations. So. We'd have to, we need to do that as a top five though. The three of we us we have. Oh well, I
0: mean Brett and I have, but yeah, we we haven't gotten
2: episodes of the of this
0: podcast of this podcast, yeah.
2: You did a, a dis and five of that?
0: Yeah, it was like one of our first ones.
2: I think it was
1: for the one year anniversary, I think.
0: Yeah, I, I think it was, yeah.
2: yeah. You guys just fucked up my whole thing. That was like my <laughs> whole idea. I was like, you guys, we should do top fives of like the top five best episodes of this show. But we got to do it on like on a, on a date that really means something. <laughs> Well, there's a the thing. There's like wow. three times as many episodes as when we did it last time. I so. was going to say,
0: and yeah, we're coming up on three years in August, so.
2: Plus, there's a new guy I could, and I was a fan first, so I've, I've got true. some interesting things to say. I don't I'm doubt sure it. our lists would be probably a bit different. How do I not remember? I've been a, I feel like I've been a Patreon since you guys have had, I've been a patron since you guys have had the, we've had the Patreon. Well, yeah. you and
0: then. Us. right yeah you know i mean you 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 were i think our third patron after uh our friend hope and our friend joseph so was yeah. it the first distant five chais that you guys did that it was one of the first couple it was it was early it was really early i,
2: I like would have to I go, would go back
0: have remembered though let me let me check let me go no, let me go I to, to patreon.com slash distant maybe you were and look it's been a, it's been a while you might have forgotten and you know what mm-hmm. that is okay you can forget things Yes, I'm an
2: adult with like adult responsibilities, and it takes up a lot of brain power. I act real silly on this podcast, but I got some serious adult serious adult business going on behind the scenes that's it takes mean, up a lot of brain power it all. it,
0: it, we it all. does um so our first one was our James Bond extravaganza.
2: I remember that one
0: um it might have been our third one no it I don't remember. Yeah, it might have been like number out. three we we absolutely have done that at one point but it yeah. doesn't Ooh.
2: matter because if you go to patreon.com slash pod you can find out for yourself just go back and listen to the whole back catalog there's hours there's probably days worth of content on there
0: the there probably is like look i'm looking at a lot of these early disenfranchised episodes and they're like an hour to two hour or like an hour hour 15 51 minutes like we we put in the time man we we don't slouch these are full-size episodes never bit as long as anything you'd find on the on the main feed but that, you guys i can tell you guys do not want to talk about the movie that we're talking about today no um what movie, Did we I watch not movie? movie? Mm. When, when it comes
1: to this sort of thing i'm like let's move it along like we're talking about
0: brett long. brett so. hates brett hates plugs so Aww,
1: i man, don't mind so plugs what? it's when the plugs go on for too long like this is like in and out. Plugs should be like in and out. <laughs> but we're sitting here talking about how what's all on our Patreon, what was our first dis five chized uh, How long were those dis
2: five chized
1: I don't fun. know. Could you tell me? Like, let's go. Let's go, man. Let's <laughs> pump it out.
2: Brett's ready to move on. Brett's a <laughs> plot in sixty already. Like past. passes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: So there so look it this is a very special day. The day this is releasing it is May the 4th. It is Star Wars day. So we we need something George Lucas related. But gentlemen tomorrow there is a new Guardians of the Galaxy movie. James Gunn's Final Guardians of the Galaxy movie is dropping in theater. So how can we combine the magic of George Lucas and Star Wars with the um the the, the power of the MCU and and Marvel Cinema. And so there is one movie that combines those two ideals into one perfect package. Brett, Turd. what is that film?
1: Honestly, I can't believe that this movie actually fits that package. It, it's Howard the Duck.
0: 1986 is Howard the Duck, produced by George Lucas himself, the very first. Marvel theatrically released feature film from 1986 uh, written by uh, Willard Hike and Gloria Katz based on the character created by Steve Gerber. Hey, wait, by- guys,
2: didn't they write one of those Indiana Joneses?
0: Temple of Doom. Yes, they are. That's we're a good gonna, one
2: too. That's like the wild card movie of that whole series.
0: We're gonna get like into. That. We're gonna get it's into the. the that we're gonna get into the level of talent behind this movie because it is kind of absurd. Ooh,
2: yeah, given I'm way the into level that. of
0: talent in this movie, um, directed by Willard Hike, and uh, starring Leah Thompson, registered sex offender Jeffrey Jones, uh, Tim Robbins, uh, admitted pedophile Ed Gale. Uh, Chip Zine, uh, Paul Guilfoyle, Jordan Prentice, uh, Holly Robinson-Pete, Richard Edson. Gentlemen, what a cast. Yeah.
2: What a picture. Seriously, though, what a cast. I mean, you know, now, now it wasn't as big of a deal as Cosby was because that broke my heart. But when I found out that Jeffrey Jones was not exactly on the level, I guess you could say. I Was Was a full-on creepist? I love him in everything he's in. And most of the time, he's the best thing in that. Like, like this might be a hot take. Maybe it is. I don't know. I think he's the best part of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. There I said it. Dropped it right there in front of you guys.
0: I mean, this feels like some... This feels like some Alan Ruck erasure, but I'll allow it.
2: Oh, I love Alan Ruck, though. I just think... I
1: I mean, this sounds like another one of uh,
2: trademark Tucker's hot takes. Mm -hmm. Hey, hey. (laughs) Jeffrey Jones, best part of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Matthew Broderick, still great. Alan Ruck, still great. The guy who says, oh, what country do you think this is? Still great.
0: Do you know who that is? Uh, That that is
2: that other movie I saw.
0: That is Richard Edson, who is in this movie. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he, uh, he is he's the, in the uh, bar scene when yeah,
2: and he's getting the money and the manager guy, and... he's the
0: manager's muscle, yeah. yeah. Charlie or something, I think, is the character's name. It doesn't oh, yeah. matter, it's he, not a
1: uh, He was also one of the Koopa kids in the Mario movie, exactly.
0: Yes, yeah. Yeah, yes.
2: yeah, 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 him and Fisher, Fisher Stevens, I yeah, love that guy. <laughs> yeah, love it when that guy <laughs> shows Fisher up Stevens and shit, too, actually.
0: Oh, yeah, the two of them are really funny together in that movie, also. Um, I wish I could forgive the short circuit series. <laughs> Uh, One of my favorite running gags in uh, Master of None is the fact that all of the Indian actors on that show like find out over the course of that show that Fisher Stevens is not actually Indian and they're all very (laughs) surprised like that is a running joke on that show. (laughs) He
2: kind of kills it in both of those movies. I didn't like, know until I mean, saw the him not as an adult. <laughs> right. like, that was my reaction. I was like, that guy's not Indian? Wait, is he doing a really good English accent? Like, did they lighten his skin? What's happening?
0: No, no. He's in brownface in that movie, in both of those movies. Because other oh. than Johnny Five, he's like the only recurring character in the second movie, which is wild. But yeah.
2: Uh, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, um, you know who's in Short Circuit 2, though, also? Michael McKeon.
0: I do, I do love Lenny. Me too. That's why I had to mention it. Gotta love Lenny. Um, not also, David. Movie though? No, not he's not in this movie. Um, so let's let let's okay. So 1973. Any other? Any of you guys have you have you seen this movie before now, or am I the only one that's seen this movie before today? Before this never seen watch, it. I okay. never had
2: any desire. In fact, I didn't want to. I never wanted this. Pretty much, okay, I never wanted to watch this movie. Ever. I was planning, my plan was to die having not seen this film.
0: Well, you know, this is a favorite film of one of our patrons, so.
2: So watch your mouth. Hey, man.
0: Brandon really likes this movie, man.
2: Look, I'm really glad that you like this movie. And I'm straight up thankful for your patronage but also what is this <laughs> exactly what could you explain what this is? Come on the podcast. This is a formal invitation to come on the podcast and tell me what the fuck Howard the duck. Was. Yeah. Honestly, why are they not here? They certainly I respect be. you and your opinion is valid. I just need to hear what it is.
0: I thought about inviting a friend of the podcast in Cleveland native Phil Smith to, to be on this episode, but I didn't know if I'd be able to convince him to watch Howard the duck. Um, It's a hard sell. It really is. It It kind of is. Look, I watched this movie in college. I've I've mentioned on this podcast before we did a thing in college called Bad Movie Tuesdays and movies with notorious reputations we would watch. We'd all get together in someone's dorm on a Tuesday because that was one of the nights when they would allow um, males and females to enter each other's dorms under a very strict I set I was going to make a joke
2: about co-ed like mingling, but then you just said it all serious. No, it's hard to make fun it, of you after that.
0: Look, that is—it's a thing that happens on conservative Christian campuses, and it fucking sucks. But there You're you go. You're
2: an adult, though, dude. You're like straight of eighteen.
0: Mm-hmm. But you sign a code of conduct that says that you won't—you won't fornicate on campus or off campus or anywhere really. You're oh. not allowed to fornicate at any point.
1: Yeah, he's sure he's an adult. He's an eighteen-year-old adult, but he's also a Christian
0: eighteen-year-old adult.
1: <laughs> <laughs> difference.
0: And those standards need to be policed by someone who's <sighs> not going to hold them themselves. So that's wild. Yep.
1: Jesus uh, is always watching.
0: And apparently so is the administration. Um, it
1: was also it was Jesus, is, Jesus is a part of That's right.
0: well, yeah. yeah, Jesus they're is they're on watching. the admin board, right? Jesus, he's, Jesus sits like,
1: on the board of every Christian college. Did
0: you
2: that? He's, <laughs> they got a seat for him. <laughs> it's an empty seat. Every, he's, on every the, he's on the purity.
0: Here's the thing. You joke, but I guarantee you there are Christian colleges that actually do that.
1: There probably are.
0: T there are Christian college. That's what makes
2: it funnier, that. honestly.
0: <laughs> <Wellzers>. <laughs> oh, at any God. rate, that is how I first encountered Howard the Duck. Um, and the one thing I remembered about this movie was that the monster at the end looked like a vagina dentata. That was amazing, like the amazing though. It That's is the best
2: stop stop motion I've ever seen.
0: That you Which know, like you think, know, you know who did the stop motion for that, Tucker?
2: Was it you, Stephen?
0: Phil motherfucking Tippett. Oh, shit. The dinosaur supervisor on Jurassic Park himself. The director of Mad God himself. Phil motherfucking Tippett did the stop motion, which is why it's so good.
2: You know what? That's one thing that I am glad that I saw this movie just for that. Because that was... I mean, th- it was previously held by the the Rock King in Return to Oz, like I was telling you guys the other day. But now I've seen the best stop motion I've I have ever seen and will ever see. That was fucking amazing, and it blew my mind. And It kind of like woke me up and like brought me into the movie because the rest of the movie I didn't give a shit about. I don't. And all I'm of a sudden, surprised. something awesome is happening. So I've kind of got I got to get into it to fully experience this. I had. There's like a, a good five minute period there where I was actually into this film, where I wasn't just staring at my phone, trying so hard to be distracted.
1: Look, the practical effects in this
2: movie are fantastic. They are really amazing. good. Yes, really Even good. Look good. Um, I mean, I hate the. I don't like the design, but it is technically very well
0: made. It yes. looks really good, and apparently a pain in the ass on set.
2: Oh, I can imagine.
0: Um. I watched like the uh, the the documentary on YouTube. A look back at Howard the Duck. Um, like I've got I've got information on this movie. I you I, I have receipts. It. So nice. yeah, wonderful.
1: You love to see
0: it. Um, yeah, I actually did research for this episode. Hey, Hell yeah. Hey. Um, you love to see it. You truly do. Um, no, I so I so upon rewatching it this time. And I think I texted you guys my reaction as soon as I was done is how is this movie both better than and worse than I remember it being like those are two things I hold in tension. This movie is somehow better than it was when I saw it in college and somehow also worse than it was when I saw it in college. And I don't know how to reconcile that, but it's um, this is an interesting artifact so much so that I bought it on 4K. Uh, by the time this episode is released into the into the ether, I will it will be on my DVD shelf. Um, but it's it's a weird. It's something I feel like I need to watch every decade just to make sure I didn't hallucinate it.
1: It's the a better appreciation for how hot Leah Thompson is in this
2: movie. I
0: mean, true. I mean, you're not wrong. Aesthetically, yes,
2: she is pleasing, but I find her character to be very annoying, which kind of makes her ugly. And why do her bandmates act more like strippers than musicians? Well, like in the... the way they talk to each other, like backstage and stuff, musicians don't talk like that. Like,
0: well, actually, Tucker,
2: it, that's that's more like <laughs> Stephen. Where you, what are you picking Take your teeth school. for? What's going on, Stephen? In, tell, me, tell me about in it. In
0: the comics, uh, the character of Bev was not actually a musician, she's a nude model.
2: That would have been better.
0: And, and look, as horny as this movie is, because one, one thing, as I was duck watching...
2: In the first five minutes.
0: Multiple sets of duck nipples in the first five minutes. In, in the first,
2: the five, first minutes. five minutes.
0: Howard I, working know, at a, at a sex men, tub. Weaker men turned show. it off
2: then. But me, I stuck through it. I didn't want to, but I did it. I did it for this show. And I did it this... for who was it that requested this? Brandy. I did it for... I watched this for you, Brandy. This, uh,
1: this is Tucker's Food Fight.
0: This is the, and T- T- so. Tucker has not seen Food Fight either. I think Food Fight would break you. If you had know. such a visceral fight- reaction to this, like Food Fight made me strong for this.
2: I think Food Fight I would appreciate because it's a bad, bad movie. This is a bad, well-made movie. This movie is competent in every way.
0: So I was talking, I was talking earlier today to our mutual friend, J.P. Leck, past and future guest of this podcast. I know that guy. Uh, You do. You've known him longer than we have, actually. (laughs) Um, But he, uh, I, I mentioned that we were covering, we were recording our Howard the Duck episode this evening. And he's like, oh, right on. I was like, yeah, Tucker had never seen it. And he goes, really? That surprises me. I said, yeah, he hated it. And um, Joseph's like, really, that surprises me. I was like, I know, because I think this is my thought. I think if you had seen this when you were younger, this would probably be a movie you would hold with some esteem.
2: Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Um, I think if I had seen this when I was a kid, because it's it's got the kind of weird that I've always been into. It's
0: just which I think is why he and I were both surprised that you didn't kind of dig it.
2: No, I get that. I totally understand that. If I had seen this younger, I would have an appreciation for it. I don't think I would be like, oh, this is amazing. Everybody should watch it. I would be like, this is, I don't know what this is. Some people are going to like this. You might like this.
0: I am not going to go out on a limb and say that this is a good movie. I don't no. think I can do that in good conscience because it's not. It's well made. It's well made. It is. What I, what I am, what I do think about this movie is that it is a fascinating object on several different levels. Like, given when it was created, given the circumstances behind its creation, given the people involved in its creation, and given the output, it's weird. And the fact that it put Marvel off making theatrically released films uh, for 22 years...
2: Oh, and this doesn't get made today, by the way. No, absolutely not.
0: This is a movie this you can was... only make in the mid '80s,
2: and with the people that made it, only the people that made it had that kind of pull to where they mm-hmm. could be like, "Yeah, we're gonna throw some bullshit up there and see what happens." And the studios are like, "Okay, like you've all, we're sitting, uh, we're literally sitting on the piles of money that you made for us, so yeah, go do that, whatever."
0: So, uh, it and and. So this comes about because George Lucas read a comic book called Howard the Duck. Uh, Howard the Duck debuts in 1973 in a comic book called um I think it's uh Journey into Fear. Uh but it's stars... mystery is
2: what it would be if it's a journey into something it would
0: be mystery I believe. Cuz that's the comic that Thor But Marvel in. had a couple titles and I think Journey into Fear is the was the horror version and because was again there a all right. You're going to make me do that thing no, I love I look, to do, which is research no, live I, on the air. I believe
2: no, you, Stephen. It's, it's just I, it's not something I've heard of. I journey.
0: trust you. I'm just surprised. Uh, there is a uh, yes, there is also a journey into fear. Noted. Um, and it, at that point, the comic was starring a character called Man-Thing. See our previous episode oh, yeah. on Man-Thing. That giant-sized Man-Thing. Yeah, yeah, one of my favorite comic book titles of all time. Yes, it was a <laughs> euphemism. Yes, it was intentional. No, nobody caught it. And no, nobody cared. And yes, uh, but, we're all
2: having a good time with it. But
0: that was the '70s, baby, and the yeah. '70s were a time of like experimentation within the comic book medium. You get like books that are no longer bound by the 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 comics uh, code authority, which is kind of the governing body of comics since like the '50s, um, and the uh, the seduction of the innocent essay and all that. Um, There is, um, and so there's a lot more experimentation and the code itself is becoming a lot more lax. It's allowing a lot more things through. So you start getting horror books published again, and man thing and swamp thing are kind of the two responses from Marvel and DC respectively to that. You also get blade, you get several other horror comics. Marvel, I think ends up publishing a a few more than DC. Um, you get like son of Satan, ghost Rider. Those those like pretty much the the lineup of Midnight Suns comes out in the seventies as a response to this kind of loosening of the comics code. Also Dracula, um, Dracula, Dracula. yeah, Dracula. all of those, absolutely. Um, so Man Thing was one of those, and Man Thing as a character is the most passive character in the world. So you need kind of a cast of characters around him. So Steve Gerber, the uh, the the guy writing Man Thing at the time, decided to just start poking fun at comics and how they're made. And so he, in one episode introduced a couple of weird characters that would kind of interact with man thing. One of which was a smart ass talking duck, cigar chomping duck called Howard. And he only lasted two issues before he was killed off, but the fans responded to him so much and to his kind of satirical take on the world around him that they basically wrote in and demanded that he come back. And so he did in his own comic book, a couple or he actually came back in man thing and then got his own spin-off comic book later on in the 70, I think 75 called Howard the duck, which was a very kind of episodic uh, comic book where he kind of hops from adventure to adventure. Um, and he doesn't really have a set antagonist so much as he's responding to the world around him and how ridiculous it all is. It's very much a satire. He's very much a character in the vein of Deadpool. Like he can break the fourth wall. He can talk to the audience. He can respond to things in a way that most comic characters can't. If he does have an antagonist, it's a a very tick esque villain called Dr. Bong who has a giant bell for a head. And one of his hands is just a giant bell clapper. Um,
1: He also uh, fights one of my favorite obscure antagonists of his called Hellcow.
0: Mm, Hellcow, um, yes.
1: Yes, who is just a cow. Like, Dracula was really starving one day. And bit and, a cow. And bit a cow. And so Hellcow was born. <laughs>
0: it's such a great... <laughs> the absurdity and of... It, cow. And it is the absurdity of Howard the Duck is what made the character so compelling, but I don't think any other writer got the tone as well as Steve Gerber did. Like, he was the only one who could really write that character very well. Um... There's there's more history to Howard the Duck. Um, there's the, the time where Steve Gerber uh, basically tried to steal the character from Marvel at one point. Um, there was a Howard the Duck. He was so popular he got his own comic strip in the newspaper for a while. Syndicated comic strip for a while that Gerber was also writing. Um, and, and finally he came back uh, to write the character a couple more times. But the, the last time he wrote the character was in 2006 – He wrote a six-issue miniseries for Marvel Max, which allowed him to put, you know, nudity and cussing and all sorts of fun stuff in the book that he wasn't able to do before, Um, because the Max imprint was basically Marvel's answer to Vertigo. So you could put fuck in comics, you could put tits in comics, and um, who's going to say no? So, and there's there's a lot of all of that in in that miniseries. It's it's and it's the most absurd thing I've ever read. It's glorious. Um, Howard becomes a a mouse at the end of the first issue and remains a mouse the rest of the minis. It's it's so fun. It's weird. Um,
1: and he also my favorite thing that Howard the Duck has done in comics is when he crossed over with Army of Darkness and killed Ash.
0: Yep, Zomb- that's zombie, the
1: zombie Howard the Duck killed Ash. I was,
0: I was going to say yeah, Marvel Zombies, Marvel Zombie Howard the Duck is the one that that killed Ash. Yeah, except Which the Ash is, of
1: that world, not right,
0: Ash. correct. Yeah. Um, which is a pretty funny reveal, honestly. Yeah, I mean, um, I
1: think one, the one only... issue ends with uh, zombie Howard the Duck munching on Ash's head. Yeah. And then the next that, so that's a cliffhanger. And then it's revealed that it's actually that world right. Ash that he's eating, not ours.
0: So. Right. Like... I think that
2: was the only the first time and probably the only time I read anything with Howard the Duck in it. It's always kind of been a character that has kind of turned me off. Not because Of what the character is, but because of the universe that it exists in.
0: The Marvel universe? Yeah. You don't like like Marvel comics?
2: No, I don't like him in Marvel comics. If he were not in that. I mean, it's satire. Do
0: you not like satire?
2: I like satire. I just don't think that it should be part of the same universe.
0: I think that's what makes it I mean, for me, that's what makes it fun. And honestly, if there's one thing I, I think this that. movie should have done better and should have done more of, it's play into the satire a little more. Um Because I think that's what makes please. the character really fun.
1: Well, isn't it what, I mean, you might know more. I, I, I skimmed, <laughs> I did research like a week ago and I don't have it anymore. So it's left my brain. So please excuse me. No, it's fine. Um But then uh so George Lucas saw these comics. and was like, man, I love this. I want to make a movie. And mm-hmm. then by the time they got around to making it, he was busy or something and he, he's like, here, take this, go write it. And so, yeah.
0: So what he, he, while they're making American graffiti in the, in the, the mid seventies, he's working on that with hike and Katz. They actually, um, Willard hike and George Lucas went to USC together. They went to film school together. That's how they knew each other. They were a part of Francis Ford Coppola's American zoetrope group. Uh, when that started out in the seventies. So like they were kind of these young cutting edge filmmakers in the seventies when new Hollywood is starting and all this exciting stuff is happening in Hollywood. Um, and he was showing them the comics while they were making American graffiti, which is Lucas's second movie after THX 1153. Um, so like he's reading those comics and showing them is like, wouldn't this be fun to make a movie of? It's like, it's sarcastic. It's kind of noir-ish. There's a lot of levels and layers here. This would be really fun to do as a movie. And they kind of got distracted by other things. Lucas went on to do star Wars that became a huge hit. Um, And then he decides I'm never going to direct anything ever again. So he takes a step back. He starts Lucasfilm and steps down in 84 as president of Lucasfilm to focus more on producing. And so he starts producing films after that. And this is one of the first big films he wants to produce. He's got to deal with Universal. And again, they want to be in business with George Lucas because that's the guy that gave us star Wars. Like the star Wars trilogy is just wrapped up. He's produced all of those. Those were huge hits like financial windfall merchandising through the roof. Yes. Let's let's make a George Lucas movie. And so he brings them Howard the duck, which I mean, at that point, comic book movies were three years before Tim Burton's Batman. So like superhero movies at that point were like the incredible Hulk and Spider-Man made for TV movies were the um what uh the like the superman films like that's what superhero movies were up to, at that point like there wasn't a the big market that we have now for superhero movies um and this technically isn't really a superhero movie it's just based on a comic so Lucas brings it to his to to Willard Hike and Gloria Katz who are a husband and wife team they had done script doctor work for the first Star Wars movie they're the ones that basically took Lucas's like giant ass scripts, uh, the Legend of the or the the Testament of the Wills or whatever that first one is called, and like made it into kind of what we recognize as Star Wars. Um, they wrote Temple of Doom, like they're kind of pro, but but they're like Lucas, they're in the pocket with Lucas, like they they work on the stuff he works on. And Hackett himself had directed a couple of movies also um not like major ones i think his previous film that he had worked on was something with dudley moore and eddie murphy um that also did not do particularly well um yeah
2: i saw that and i'm kind of interested to see i want to see that kind of because i never thought of dudley moore and eddie murphy together
0: it's a 1984 film called best defense so he's directed four films in 1973 he directs a movie called messiah of evil uh in 79, it's French Postcards, Best Defense in 84, and then Howard the Duck in 86. It's the last film he ever directs, and then off to director jail with him. You will never work in this town again unless you're writing scripts, which is pretty much what he does. Like they work, he and his wife work on the script for like a lot of George Lucas films. Um Radioland murders, uh, just stuff produced by Lucas, Temple of Doom, uh American Graffiti, more American graffiti. Uh, devil's eight lucky lady like he's they're they're pretty prolific screenwriters um and if this movie had been well received he probably would be a another big director unfortunately it didn't
2: unfortunately it's howard the duck
0: right that's kind of what we what we end up with so <laughs> yeah um, well,
1: my point there was like they pretty much just when they when they handed it to them, they just chucked the source material out the window.
0: They didn't, though, because they actually sat down with Steve Gerber and tried to, like, get his, like, how would you write these characters? And they made some changes. But, like, Gerber himself, when he saw it, and I don't know if he was just, like, being nice or, like, trying to promote the movie, but he actually said that the characters themselves, at least Howard and Bev, were true to the spirit of what was in the comics. And I'm not sure the extent to which I buy that, because they made Howard a lot nicer in the movie than he is in the comics. Yeah, like, he, no. the the bite, the edge is not quite there. The horniness is there. But, like, the edge is not quite there. Like, that, the kind of biting satiric edge that you want on that character.
1: Okay. So they, they chuck the source material out the window without anybody noticing. Like, Look over there! Cool, let's go over these comics. Uh, like... <laughs> It's nothing like, I don't know man, what duck I read. world duck
0: world is in the comics like there there are elements that are there, but what I think, and I think the the first hour of the movie, if they'd kept going in that direction, would have I think been a pretty relatively faithful adaptation. It's that second hour where they start getting into the outer space supernatural shit where they start kind of in and, and in in that sense, it's almost a gear shift movie where it starts off in one genre and then hard pivots at one point to become something completely different. Well, yeah, once th-
2: this, once, uh, Jeffrey Jones comes into the picture, when him and Tim Robbins come to homegirls apartment, right. And then they agree to do the thing with the stuff. Yeah. It kind of shifts. Mm-hmm. tonally Like way in a different direction. Um, yeah, I
1: don't, I, I don't remember. I mean, I, I, read a few of the comics in preparation for this sure i don't remember there he ever doing like a whole like fish or duck in this case out of water story like i don't remember that at all or like he's trying to find a job and no, for some for some reason, the so the 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 woman at the job place doesn't care that he's a duck. Or I, I, where that's, where did he get those clothes to begin with?
0: There, well, it's, he he they they he tells you that he robbed the kids section of Goodwill.
1: There's so many questions. I have so many questions.
0: They, I the the. the this movie is a very inconsistent film in many ways, but one of the ways in which it is most aggravatingly inconsistent is the fact that people can't tell if a to- a walking, talking anthropomorphic duck is a novelty or a normal thing. We cannot agree on this one basic concept.
2: And I it's- think that's something that really it takes the suspension of disbelief and just shatters it because you have to have some consistency. Like, is it weird? That he's a duck, or is it not weird? Like, you can't... That doesn't work. And yet we do.
0: We we do have it both ways, because depending on who he's interacting with, it's either the weirdest thing that anyone's ever seen, or it's, oh, as normal as talking to your Uncle Bob. And that sucks. It should
1: be weird at all times. No one should ever think that that's just a guy in a duck suit. No. I'm saying you know commit it? either just... way, I don't
2: give a fuck which way they go with it, just commit to something man, like, don't tell me one thing and then the exact next scene uh, the reaction is different like, you can't you can't tell a story without consistency of the lore man, you know this, Brett
1: well yeah, because here's the thing cause, and I'll oddly reference the Dresden Files here, because they make a good point like, if you focus on the fact that humans don't want to believe that weird shit is actually in the world Humans don't want to believe that ghosts exist or vampires exist. So they take so many leaps in logic to try to pretend that this isn't real. And if the movie had touched on that even a little bit, it might have been fine. But, and I guess you could sort of twist the narrative to explain that in this movie, but... It's just, it's too inconsistent, man. But
0: I think that's, that's another issue is there's so much other stuff that this movie's trying to do. Like we spend maybe 10 minutes on duck world, if that, but like, that is a whole designed world chock full of duck puns or bird puns, like more bird puns than I've ever seen. In in a square footage of film, like, oh, my God, so many duck puns.
2: We were um, robbed of Duck World Masters of Universe style. Mm. Like, there should have been at least a third of this movie taking place in Duck World as much as, like, it's hyped and, like, it's there and it's a full living, breathing world. You've got those sets, man. Mm-hmm. And they look great.
0: Yeah, I they do. I would have
2: been able to forgive a lot of st- I would have been able to forgive a lot more duck nipples. If I got to hang out in that world a little more.
0: All of that was filmed. Apparently very piecemeal. They filmed all that kind of when they had time. Cause George Lucas has made a lot of movies with little people. So he was able to contact a lot of little people to just like be on set. So they would, they'd come out, they'd hang out. They'd, and and whenever there was like some downtime in between scenes, they're just like, Oh, let's just walk over and film some stuff in duck world. So they just walk over to one of the sets and like, you know, get some people in costumes and just like film, you know, some reaction shots or a couple ducks in bed or a a naked lady duck with her boobies out in the shower. Like duck boobies, duck boobies. Again, we, uh, we've, it feels like we're belaboring this point. It's, it's weird. It's weird to see.
2: Ducks do not have nipples. You guys
0: anthropomorphic, cannot
2: milk a duck,
0: anthropomorphic duck boobs, man. Um, and just how casual Leah Thompson's character is, speaking of, you know, just the, is it weird, is it not weird? Just the casualness with which Leah Howard Thompson's character thinks it's is more into weird like She's Howard. trying to yeah. jump
2: his bones, and he's like, lady, I think, I don't think this is okay.
0: Yeah, I and was that's making a joke. that's the correct reaction, Howard. Right.
2: That is the correct reaction.
1: Well, she plays it off like it's a joke. Like she's like oh, uh, I just no. kidding. Wants just it.
2: Wants she wants that duck dick. You can
0: Well, I mean, look, ducks tell. have corkscrew penises that run the that the extend the length of their bodies. So that's, that is that, that is science. That is a thing that I, I know. I
1: hate it. But I mean, I don't know what else they changed about the duck anatomy. They added boobs. What else did they change?
0: They got boobs, so that's maybe true.
1: they're
2: Well, and again, that's the idea that they're more human like
0: evolution right like this is this all was a result of of evolution oh so, yeah 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 you know we we get and so that's why they don't have wings that's why they don't fly um so you know it it's is the evolutionary imperative of duck world um but like howard, she's... howard
1: has a tiny penis based on the condom in his wallet but other than that so you can extrapolate from there i guess
0: i mean penis shaming a duck man that's Okay.
1: Look, man, I can't. Look, it's there. But I can't, you know, come on. My
0: man's is, is three foot one. So, I mean, you know.
1: I mean, look, I'm not going to judge.
0: I'm just saying.
1: Look, I got a tiny dick, too. It's okay. Oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I felt that. Um <laughs> Right. When Tucker's just quietly <laughs> sipping his beer. I'm like, I don't know what you guys are on I'm about. Really
2: thirsty. What? I'm, I wasn't paying attention. What's going on?
0: Um, but no, like it's that was one of the the complaints that this movie got on release is who is this movie? Is that for? Howard's dick
2: was too small? Oh, <laughs> is that Howard's dick I is way was- too small? <laughs> you guys were giving this a one out of five. The-
0: duck dick is not realistic can you imagine if twitter and neil degrasse tyson were a thing when this movie came out oh my
2: god that sounds really
0: annoying right oh my god it would just be interminable um but like who is this movie for is this because tonally it it it's goofy enough the humor is geared toward kids but it is horny enough that this movie is clearly for adults like there's duct tits in this movie. There's a scene there Howard's job is which he's at for a good three to five minutes, um, takes place in a a a, a, a hot tub parlor that is clearly also a whorehouse or it's a hot,
2: uh, tub a it's a hot tub. Hot, he's a jumps mopper.
0: He essentially is. He's a chum scrubber, yeah.
2: Ooh, that's a good movie, too. You guys seen Chum Scrubber? I have not, no. It's been we'll a put long that on the... time. I remember thinking that movie
1: was really fucking weird. I need it to watch is it weird,
2: and it's not even really good. It's just so weird that you have to watch it. Not in the way that this is. It's different. Anyway, it, Chum it, Scrubber. It, 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 that to the list.
1: it gives real strong Donnie Darko vibes, I remember.
2: So. Okay. Uh, Michelle, Michelle Pfeiffer. No, not Michelle. Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster's in that movie. That's <laughs> my Jodie, Jodie Foster. Jodie I hope Foster's. you like it.
0: <laughs> jody fosters <laughs> jody fosters fosters australian for beer actually interestingly enough
2: that's what i've heard don't mm. say that in australia apparently though. no
0: god they will kill you <laughs> um don't i don't call I, anybody
2: I, bruce when you're in australia either they don't oh, know funny. no it's really weird
0: and what also don't they, offer to play knifey spoonie
2: and don't they, say anything from crocodile dundee you would think they would love that too that's like what they're known for worldwide is crocodile nope. dundee right
0: Nope. Apparently, that is a harmful stereotype.
2: I guess. Pfft, whatever. Grow up, Australia.
0: Ooh. Oh, oh, God. No, oh, God. Yeah. Don't,
1: don't antagonize the Aussies, man. Oh, they yeah, live, they give, live in a natural the, hellscape on a regular basis. Like don't, don't give
2: the prison colony any reason to be mad at you.
0: They also Jesus hate it Christ. when you bring that up. By the way.
2: Jesus Christ, sucker! He's...
0: Uh, me look. We're going to get all the hate mail. This might be your last episode on the podcast. I'm sorry to oh, say, buddy. Man. <laughs> Have a little be, bit of
1: fun. Be assassinated by a drop bear. Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> can, I, <laughs> can I get sanctuary in New Zealand? Will they take me?
0: I I doubt it. I really doubt it. Um, no, you you can the can they,
2: they, they can't find you in one of the hobbies. The enemy probably. of my enemy is my friend.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, throw yourself on the mercy of the concords, man.
2: Peter Jackson, adopt me.
0: <laughs> the favorite son of New Zealand, Peter Jackson. <laughs>
2: Gentlemen, we're 45 minutes into this thing. We should do the plot in 60, don't you
0: think? Oh, we probably should, yeah. No,
2: I was hoping you guys would just forget about it to the end so that there was the possibility that I would have to recount it because there's no way that I could possibly do it.
0: Here's the thing. If you try to, like, explain the plot of this movie, you you might, like, just become, like, catatonic a la... You're taking in the entirety time. of cthulhu like it's is gonna be real real rough um well, i
2: guess let's do it here we but are let's
0: we might as well brett brought it up so he invoked it so the let's sooner, do it
2: the sooner we do the plot in 60 the sooner we don't have to talk about this stupid movie anymore well like as, Tucker, you could cut all that out and we can pretend it didn't happen
0: that's true <laughs> i would
2: never i would never. i have integrity sir
0: why would what? he edit our precious precious words um uh, true we're kind of punchy tonight it's fun i like this energy for us um
1: all right well then uh so tucker you'll be one and two i'll be three and well no steven will be three and four because you kind of don't absolutely hate this movie
0: mm -mm.
1: or no i'll be three and four you'll be five and six because you
0: don't absolutely hate this movie and i'm kind of um uh, before we do that I will say, um, the plot in 60 seconds, for those of you who are new to the podcast, first of all, welcome. Uh, but this is the part of the show where we recount the plot of the film that we were watching in 60 seconds or less, uh, and Brett is going to roll the, what did we what do we call this, the D6 of justice, integrity?
1: D6 of
0: destiny. D6 of destiny, that's what it is. I should write that down somewhere. Uh, the D, Brett is going to roll the D6 of destiny, which will decide which of the three of us will be recounting the plot in 60 seconds brett and the d6 of destiny take it away
1: it's actually i don't think that's what we called it before but i just thought of it now so i thought it's. i like it
0: better than whatever we thought of before because it's it it, the alliteration is great i love that
1: right okay here we go numbers have been assigned and yeah that is a Six? No, that's a six. It's a six. Yes. Oh, that's me. The symbol, the symbol oh. means a six. I always oh. forget if it's someone or a six. It depends. Oh my! Uh, yes. I'm so
2: worried. I'm so
0: glad it's not <laughs> I me. was, I was really hoping it was gonna Ooh. be you, just because I wanted to see you try it. oh all right someone could have
2: done it, but it was gonna hurt me. Someone hurt put sixty seconds on body. the
0: damn clock.
2: Working it's on it's Not it. gonna be me. I'm snacking. All
1: right, sixty seconds on the clock. Whenever you're ready, steven
0: Uh, Howard is a duck on duck world and he's really freaking horny and, uh, a space, he gets space lasered, uh, to earth, uh, to a place called Cleveland, um, where he meets a a rocker named Bev and her girl group who are being gypped around by her manager. He gets them out of their contract by using quack foo and, uh, embarks on a fish out of water comedy. Uh, eventually he and Bev kind of hook up, starts to get a little horny and they're interrupted by scientists who, uh, are trying to get Howard back home. Uh, But in fact, um, while trying to get him home, uh, registered sex offender Jeffrey Jones is possessed by one of the dark overlords of the universe and uh, gives a performance that uh, Vincent D'Onofrio would go on to perfect in Men in Black. Um, And uh, eventually um, the... The overlord takes over Jeffrey Jones. Howard has to destroy it. But in order to keep other dark overlords from overwhelming the earth, he has to blow up his only means of getting home. Uh, Bev becomes a popular rocker and Howard rocks on stage to a song entitled Howard the Duck.
1: And that's the game right on time. Steven, well done. That was
0: impressive. That might might be my best one yet, actually.
2: Maybe. You know what? I don't think
0: I missed any major plot points in that.
2: No. 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 No, you forgot to mention like how annoying Tim Robbins is in this movie. And it pains me to say that it pains me. This
0: because is because one of his Tim very Robbins. first movies like ever. So this movie. So past and future guest of the podcast, Phil Smith. Tim Robbins. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: Tim Robbins, fan of the show. Come on the show, please.
0: Friend of the yeah, show. Tim, you. please. What's
1: on, Tom. Come on. Come on.
0: Uh, Oscar winner, Tim Robbins. Talk Come about on. The show. Your
1: role in high fidelity. Let's talk about. That. Yes, please.
0: Um, but He's he,
1: the
2: air conditioner. <laughs> when,
0: when we first watched this film in college, I think it was probably our freshman or sophomore year. Uh, Phil was my roommate at the time and he, um, was a nerd from Cleveland named Phil. And so Howard calls Phil Philzy in this movie constantly. So we started calling Phil Philzy. And so this movie is responsible for giving my friend Phil his nickname. Uh, so we called Phil Filzy because of Tim Robbins in this movie.
1: Cool. Yeah, Must that's a fun be story.
0: Lore. I yeah. Lore every once in a while. Um, but no, this is uh, one of his earliest films. Um, so he before this, uh, in terms of film, he had been in a 1984 film called Toy Soldiers, another 84 film called No Small Affair. Uh, he's in a movie the one called where he's
2: The Computer Guy. The uh, sure with thing, that other dude. No. Not is it called sneakers? Am I thinking of sneakers?
0: Um, Tim Robbins is not in sneakers.
2: No, what am I thinking of? Oh no, it's shit. This is gonna bother me. Now look at me; I'm the guy who's doing the thing where I'm looking to see what it is on the internet. Uh, while
0: Tucker's Tape looking heads. that up,
2: Tapeheads.
0: Oh, Tapeheads is eighty eight. That's
2: John Cusack, right? Two
0: years. Two years, two years yeah. after this movie is Tapeheads.
2: I'm saying, though, that's real good and real weird. Not bad weird like this movie, but good weird. Like,
0: well, I'm trying to track his career leading up to this movie.
2: I know, but I remembered it and I didn't know if it was before or after. So whatever. I mentioned it anyway. Go ahead.
0: 85 is in something called Fraternity Vacation. He does a couple of TV sh- uh, TV movies. And then in 1986, 1986 is his big year. He does this and a little, mi- a little movie called Top Gun. In 1986, he's Merlin in Top Gun, and then he's Phil in Howard the Duck. One of those movies does very well. The other one does not. But his biggest break doesn't come really until 88, when he's in a little a little movie called Bull Durham.
1: Oh, uh, okay. Okay.
0: So a couple years after that, he kind of redeems himself for this movie, but he apparently does not have any like bad memories of this movie. Like he was excited to do it. It's a, it's a good payday. He's a working actor. It's a George Lucas movie. Like, why wouldn't he want to work on this thing? Um, he said the duck was a pain in the ass and the movie itself wasn't that good, but otherwise. Yeah.
1: So what I'm hearing is if they do pull off this Howard the duck movie, James Gunn is sort of interested in, uh, I'm going to need to see some Tim Robbins cameos.
0: James Gunn's not going to do I it because it. he's he's full time at DC now after after Guardians of the Galaxy is over. But
1: I mean, I think that as early as the earlier this year, he was saying he was interested in it. I don't no. Does he have an ex- exclusivity contract with DC? I don't know.
0: I don't know. Man. He's going to be busy though. Like he's writing and directing He's, be, like, he's...
2: heading the whole thing too. He's... he's the Kevin Feige of the DC universe. Now.
0: Exactly. He's Kevin Feigeing a whole comic book cinematic universe. Like he's not going to have time.
1: Well, fuck somebody cool. else to
2: do with that. God damn it. Which is cool. And, you know, I was thinking about this this week, actually. This is weird. It's a very, very kind of off-topic tangent, but I feel like I need to mention this, you guys. I love James Gunn. I love Super. I love Guardians of the Galaxy. I love pretty much every film that he's made, going back to the trauma stuff. Future episode um, of this podcast I, Slither. Yep. Even the uh even the Scooby Doo movies, I think, have their merit, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you guys remember that show we had on sci fi, that reality show, The Scream Queens?
0: I uh I Damn. saw a YouTube video on that uh like a couple weeks ago.
2: You guys remember
0: um, that? Uh, I don't remember it, but I watched a YouTube video about it, and apparently, it's pretty cringy. I'd
1: forgotten well, it's, well, it's about a, that. It's a reality show, of course it is.
0: But like the stuff they make those women do, like looking back at some of that stuff in the Me Too era, is kind of gross.
2: And it's kind of yeah. it's, and it's not even to the point to where. It's like, oh, it's just the times. No, it goes too far. Even it really does. the times, yeah, it's
0: fucked up. It is really fucked up. It's yeah, really fucked up. And some of the shit that he's like asking people to do, and like it fucked up. It's kind of fucked up. It's real fucked up. It's real fucked
1: well, uh, up. Well, we we we've attempted to cancel James Gunn once already. I think he's. I don't uh, want to. I don't want to. I think
0: wanna think he's, g- tell- I mean, he's tone though. Is what I'm saying. tone for his sins. Society, yeah. Yeah, society is.
1: is we, he's a tone.
2: Tell- I don't. I don't think you'd five. catch him doing that kind of shit anymore.
0: And I mean, Man. I and I don't want to. I don't want to. Like, I don't want to excuse anything. I don't want to condone anything. And I'm not. A lot of people, and myself included, have done some really gross shit. In the past. I've done some things I am absolutely ashamed of. Um, Me too. Yeah. And it's... You you learn, you move, and and you hopefully grow. Um, and that's... that That's the name of the game. And I think James Gunn has done that successfully. Other people I don't think have. Yeah.
2: I, agree. I agree. There's, there's really not the been only... a
0: sincere attempt. There, there has, on his part, I think, been a sincere attempt at learning and growing. On others, I'm not sure that that is the case.
1: Yeah, because that's the only thing that I... I don't like about cancel culture is not understanding that people can grow and change and genuinely atone and, and especially try to be a better person.
2: When you're younger too. And like, I don't know about you guys, but I was a fucking idiot when I was a kid. Absolutely. Like through most of my Still 20s, am. I was a dipshit. And like, well, I'm an idiot now too, but I'm an idiot with experience.
0: Right. I mean, I'm not going to realize as what as an idiot team. I am now for another like 10 to 15 years. <laughs>
2: exactly. But you'll grow from that. You'll become a better person. I mean, that's, that's the yeah. whole point, right? That's the like, goal. Yeah. That's that's yeah. life.
0: But here's the thing. I don't think everybody does that. I think some people no. give the requisite apology as, a, as an excuse to go back and keep doing the same shit they were doing. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. And I wrong. think
0: there needs to be a, a demonstration of change. Um, and I don't think we've seen that from. From unfortunately, most of the people that have been canceled, I don't think they've done the rec, put in the requisite work. And some things are particularly heinous, like, um, I don't know, like a lot of the sexual assault shit is really fucking gross. Really, I don't know if you guys something it, that really was that gross. was
2: really upsetting when I watched. Uh, she said which is uh I thought it was going to be kind of like all the president's men like I really love that movie and that's why I wanted to watch this movie. It's about the two gals that broke the Me Too stories, the Harvey Weinstein stories. Right. And it's just not a good movie. Like the story's great, but the movie's just not good.
0: That's what I've heard, yeah.
2: Because they do include some real audio from like a recorded phone call with not a phone call, but like Harvey Weinstein recorded during one of these incidents. Right. And it's It's fucking terrifying.
0: It's disgusting. Yeah,
2: it is horrible. Like, it's. So once again, we do not condone any of these things that any of these people have done. And look,
0: I and I think part of. One thing that I think is good about the cancel culture is making people reckon with the things that they've done. Actions need consequences, um, and if you are going to do terrible things, then you need to face the consequences of your actions. That is Agreed. that is the thing I believe. Absolutely.
1: Accountability is a big deal.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that being said, this is a movie with a registered sex offender and an admitted pedophile. Do with that what you will. And literally the oh. Ed Ed Gale as admitted pedophile. That dropped in the news yesterday, as of the day of this recording. Yep. That is, like, new information. Jeffrey Jones has been a registered sex offender for years, but the Ed Gale revelation Wild. is yeah. fairly recent. Which so, is why,
2: when you watch the Deadwood movie, you're like, "Like, I'm glad he's back, but are you sure he's allowed to be here? hmm Like, um, like I love I mean, this character, but... Ah. Like,
0: anytime I see him post, like, a certain point, I'm just kind of like, why... Do do we know what we're doing here? Like, do we know what we're doing here? Like, really? Like, ugh. Oh, but yeah, it's it's gross all around. Um,
1: Dude, let's talk about less gross stuff like duck
0: boobs
2: and yeah. penises. Duck
0: and, like, boobs, yeah. yeah. Like
2: corkscrew wieners, woo.
0: So the one of the main action set pieces of this movie um, is the 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 flight scene where they fly the little it's got a name i forget what it is the little mini plane thing um, oh yeah
2: like the hang glider with the propeller or whatever yeah it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah yeah um it's it's a, ultralight is. it's called an ultralight um the ultralight scene where um howard and phil are flying the ultralight all over cleveland um that is an action set piece designed by joe johnston the man who did special effects for star wars and directed films like the rocketeer and uh the nutcracker and 3. the the four realms and jurassic Alan. park 3 and captain america the first avenger like
2: and the rocketeer let's say the rocketeer again just so we go out on a high note
0: the rocketeer is so
2: good and the rocketeer. Right. See, See past of episodes
0: those... of this podcast, The Rocketeer and Nutcracker in the Four Realms. Yes.
2: Yeah,
1: it's like all of those you just listed great, maybe with the exception of Jurassic Park 3, not so good.
0: I, I would agree. put Jurassic Park 3 above Nutcracker in the Four Realms. But i put Jurassic
2: Park would. 3 above any of the Jurassic World movies, okay? Agreed. Oh, yeah. You know it might have Absolutely. had a talking velociraptor but it didn't have this shit for fucking 3 hours. <laughs> it's just this for 3 hours.
0: Tucker's doing the, is. the Chris Pratt holding his handout thing.
2: And even in the advertisement for the third one, it's like him and Sam Neill and some other bitch just like. And that's the you're like, okay, I guess I know what I'm getting. Like, if I watch this movie, it's my fucking fault. You know?
0: <laughs> I, the last Jurassic, world, Jurassic movie I watched was Jurassic World. I watched it and I went, <laughs> you know what? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah.
1: yeah. the The world movies did not need to exist.
0: They didn't mm. at all. That first
1: one was kind of fun, kinda. Michael Crichton just rolling over in his grave. Like, oh, uh,
0: like fucking on a spit. Yeah, he's just he's just going round and round. Like it's
1: he, did, he didn't want Lost World to happen, but you know he no, was kind of, he was kind of strong armed into doing it and then writing the book. But it...
0: yeah, they they literally were like this movie's really popular. You should write a book. He's like, I don't know that I want to do that. They're like, really? Beep. Money truck. What
1: don't. about all this money, though? He's like, you were mm, right. I the
0: could book. probably come up. You, you know, now that you mentioned it, I might have an idea kicking around in here somewhere.
2: What's that? Another idea. truck coming around the corner? Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> hmm. uh, points on the back end, you say? Interesting. <laughs> interesting. Um, so I'm. Um, that. I don't want. It, I
1: don't want Ian Malcolm to come back. He's dead. Beep. Beep. <laughs>
0: Jeff Goldblum hit you say? Interesting, interesting. Super
1: popular character. Everybody's first time hearing of this. Wow. Uh, Wow. Okay. Maybe he didn't die. Hold on. Yeah.
0: Maybe. Maybe he just got a really bad cough. Yeah, that's the ticket. I love that the only two characters that die in the book are the only two characters that actually appear in the second movie. That is the funniest shit in the world to me.
1: Yeah. Um, it's, It's. it's a trip watching the movie and then reading the book, which is what I did in high school Same. when yeah, it was it was a trip. Like, I, I I I totally different. What the hell? There
0: there are points at which I'm going, wait, I don't remember this in the movie. It's because it wasn't in the movie dipshit. But yeah. Again, I've always been an idiot. Just, you know, I'm always ten to fifteen years away from realizing how big of an idiot I am at any given point.
1: Aren't we all? Yeah. Man. But look, I will I will gladly say that thanks, Steven Spielberg, for introducing me to Michael Crane.
0: There you go.
1: I read Jurassic Park, and then I proceeded to read literally everything else he ever wrote.
0: Yep. Thank you, you Steven.
2: Just thank you, Steven Spielberg.
0: In general, general. yeah, 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 Yeah. absolutely, man. Like, what a what a great filmmaker. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about Steven Spielberg. Uh, That guy, good at making movies.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Crazy hot take. He's got a
2: real knack
0: for it, you might say. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get into uh, some of the some more behind the scenes shit.
2: Oh no wait, oh. is that not what we were going transitioning into?
0: <laughs> Where's the so horizon?
2: I'm so mad that I rented that and you guys didn't watch it.
0: I'm, I'm kind so of mad. bummed too. I you know what? This it's so good. I should just buy it on 4K. I just should. Just I'm gonna it. I'm buy gonna it right like yes, it.
1: Even. I'm gonna like it. And then you rent it the week I was on vacation.
2: I don't I know. Did. I don't I think know you when did. you were That's
1: why I didn't watch it. So oh, I just
0: I just couldn't that. find the time. I just got busy with other shit and I just I couldn't devote the three hours I needed to watch it. Um, It's, bad. it's real, real good. I, I, wanna... I couldn't
2: believe like I didn't I didn't think that Seth Rogen was going to be bad in the film, because like we've discussed before, people that are good at comedy are usually pretty fucking good at drama if you right. poke them in the right way. Mm-hmm. But he's like it kind of stood out how good he is in this movie. You Not know another because he's like there everybody's great in this movie. It's just he exceeded my expectations.
0: Another unexpectedly powerful performance from a traditionally comedic actor in an exceedingly Jewish film. Uh Richard Kind, a, a very niche category there. Richard Kind in a serious man. Yeah, fucking incredible. Like that performance is it's so small but it's so good. I of course I stand really? for a serious man is like my, my favorite Coen Brothers film. So
2: it's up there for me.
0: It's in it's, the top five. It's so good. It's so fucking good. I love it. Um, but so some behind the scenes shit. Um, George Lucas originally tried to get John Landis to direct the movie. Um, the, again, another notable terrible noted terrible person, John Landis, um, the uh, the man responsible for the deaths of three actors. John Landis.
1: It just kind of ruined the Twilight Zone movie. Yeah. I, can't, I wish I could watch that movie, but I can't really. Anymore. It's and it,
2: surprisingly not the worst part of Psycho Four. John Landis acts in he's a character in Psycho Four. He plays a radio producer. Yeah. Oof. Um surprisingly not the worst part. Wow. <laughs> That's, mm. oh, I hate that movie. We'll talk about it sometime.
0: It's going to be on Unenfranchised one of these days. Yeah.
2: Love the sequels, hate the last one. I was
0: going to say, that's you, you stand for the psycho sequels. i but two that, and three,
2: I will defend two and three until the day that I stop breathing. That's the first
0: argument we ever second. had. I disparaged the psycho sequels on this very and podcast. How dare you, sir? How dare you? And then you're like, May you haven't Billy, seen those movies, have you? And I was like, no, I have How dare haven't. you? You called me right the fuck out and you were right to do it. I, I yeah, I, I need to sit down and watch them. You and Brian Kuyper oh, both never. got on my, got all over <laughs> my case for that. And again, probably rightly so. I don't know. I haven't Jeff seen those movies. So
2: How dare you, sir? Ugh.
0: Lawnmower anyway. man himself, Jeff Fahey. Golly. Uh, but Landis yeah. read the script and got to the part with, uh, with all the, the police cars crashing and the ultralight scene. It's like, I've done this. It was, it, this is blues brothers, which it's not John, but okay. Um, but he had done other effects-heavy movies like American Werewolf in London, so it he seemed like a he might have been a good fit. Um, didn't end up doing the movie. Um, I don't and think so it would have been
2: any better or any worse, honestly.
0: It uh, honestly it might have put John Landis in director of jail for a little bit. Yeah, and maybe because it saved some lives. I mean, if he can't go to actual Man. jail, he probably should go to uh, director jail. So but he's now he's in director jail. It just took him several years to get there. Uh, he, he had a lot. He, he did what they do with most men in Hollywood. They gave him a long, prosperous career for many years uh, after he fucked up royally. So yay. Shame shame on you. You, you do that five or six now. more times and we're not going to stand for it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, well, At least we got his
1: son early. That's really all that matters. We got his son out of there early. So
0: yeah, that's true. Yeah. We, we, we got him right the fuck out of there. Good, good for us. Well done everybody um ladies and gentlemen we got them (laughs) great (laughs) job team
1: boys
2: (laughs) can all go home now
0: um some other um a lot pretty much everybody auditioned for the role of bev like anyone who's anyone auditioned for that role leah thompson got it basically on the strength of back to the future um which i mean rightly so of course yeah as 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 she showed out that movie came out the year before and was a huge fucking hit but that was a weird time Got for her
2: also that i
0: mean Leotops i mean leah Thompson can get it dude
2: she can still get it i don't know if you've seen her lately but she can still get it dude she's she's still very attractive yeah
0: mm-hmm. um but her uh, she said that was a weird couple of years for her because in back to the future she has a makeout scene with her son and then in Howard the Duck, she has a makeout scene with a duck. And then she tries to fuck a duck. She does, She tries to take Jason Lee's or Jason Lee's advice from uh, Enemy of the State and fuck a duck. Yes. Yes. What? Well, well, that's I the love that movie. that's you would. That's the weirdest connection I could have possibly made.
2: I'm so happy that you've made it though. You pretty much made my night. Honestly. Okay.
0: Well, I, I'm glad I could turn I this around that, for that's you. Why
2: I say that all. I always say fuck a duck, and it's because of Enemy of the State.
0: Uh, so before Chip Zine, Chip Zine, who I know as the original Baker from Into the Woods, because uh, I'm a musical nerd. Um, oh wait, that is, is
2: that, that that's the one of uh, the stage version where the, the fox has a boner?
0: Yep, folks, right? at, uh, the wolf has just they a big give, old they dong didn't give flopping Johnny around. Johnny Depp a boner in the movie? Let's be honest, Johnny Depp probably had an active boner through that entire movie.
2: Yeah, but they don't show it.
0: Like, I, do you want to see it? Because I sure as hell don't.
2: No, uh, our our person that we both know that I used to date, she was really into that play. So we watched it's yeah, a good show play. And there's just a, the wolf just has a big old dick and he it's does. just there and it it's is. erect the entire time. Yeah, like, just flopping no around. This wolf has no chill Mm-mm. is what I'm saying. Correct. 24-7 boner time.
0: The and the 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 scene is the 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 scene with him and Little Red Riding Hood is played very provocatively, which is also weird given that Little Red That's, Riding Hood is played by a literal very, child. You, mm-hmm. I am, I am. You're right. I am, I am intentionally so. Yes,
2: Stop dancing around in Stephen. <laughs> that musical is fucked up. I'd rather see the Disney version, honestly.
0: That movie, the, that that stage show, the is real fucked. good
2: too. I'm just saying the movies. Good. I
0: I haven't seen it because Rob Marshall. I'm not. I'm not a huge Rob oh. Marshall guy. Like, if with Rob Marshall, fun, it begins and ends in, with Chicago. But, yeah.
2: If you if you like the play, but you're like, why I gotta stare at this boner, like, for an hour, then you would like the movie.
0: Here's the three strikes for the End of the Woods movie. Strike one, James Corden. Strike two, oh. <laughs> Johnny Depp. Strike three, Meryl <laughs> Streep. I think Meryl Streep's over... I'm, this is the thing that gets me canceled. I think Meryl Streep's overrated. I don't think she's as good as everyone says she is. She's good, but she's no, bought she's into good. her own myth, and I I can't abide no. that. So yeah, This
2: is a trademark Steven hot take.
0: Yeah, we're waiting. Now uh, we just need a Brett that, hot though. take.
2: I do, but at the same time, that doesn't make me not want to see her in movies. Yeah, I, I still I could, enjoy her in stuff.
0: If, if, if she's in a movie that I want to see, I'll go see it, but generally I could care less if Meryl Streep's in a movie.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I'm just saying I'm not gonna let that like keep me from enjoying something that she's in. I don't Depends care. on the role, I guess. But yeah, I don't really um, care about it. Fair, it's fair.
1: Like, I can't think of a single movie I give two shits about with her in. So. I just
2: don't even care about her, dude. Yeah, that's the care. opinion to have right there. That <laughs> you, a... you are evolved, man, Brett. You figured it out. <laughs> That's it right there. Who I don't know if shit? I'm
1: evolved. Like if it's not horror, comedy, action, or like a genre film, I don't.
0: Brett's very locked into it. Brett is very committed to his brand and his niche.
1: Yeah, which you know, That's what, the way to be. Which a lot of people would say is more de-evolved
2: than evolved. So he does yeah, not tend like, to venture out. Like, and you know what you like. Who cares what you like? He
0: doesn't tend to venture off the farm very often. But
2: no. I Which will.
0: is, Brett had the the patented hot take. Casablanca, not that great.
1: Overrated.
2: I said it was overrated.
0: Fair enough. Which but I again, that's pretty a pretty fucking hot take.
2: For that I, movie, yes. Though I, 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 I do so, understand I, that take.
1: You know, I, like, there, there are dozens of us.
0: I appreciate that take,
1: <laughs> I do.
2: It's brave. You're brave. Always, brave. always love a good Arrested like, Development like Shit, You're brave. Uh, so so, so before
0: Chip Zine was actually cast as the voice of Howard the Duck, um, the oh, voice was... I hate.
2: I hate his performance. Like, I'm sure I've seen him in other stuff, and he's great, but I just hate what he does with this. And honestly, that might be the huge turnoff to this entire movie for me.
0: Really? So Besides. what would you... If, so thinking about the actors that are kind of big around the eight, around eighty six, who would you want to see as how as the voice of Howard the Duck? What voice would you want coming out of that of that creature?
2: Robert Mitchum.
0: Okay, that's not I think, where I expected you to go, but that is that is wild. I that think is Robert no. fucking wild. <laughs> who? The, I mean, no, I mean just... that is that is right down the middle of the plate for you. So I, I can't say who are you right now, but like, holy shit, dude, what did you do? <laughs> You just broke my fucking brain.
2: No, I think it was too... It was too soft. I feel like with the dialogue that he had...
0: But again, and... that's one thing this movie wanted to do was make him a little nicer than he was in the comics. Kind of soften yeah, know, that in. the edge. dialogue
2: is fine. I'm just saying the way it's performed. No, I'm the sure performance that... in
0: performance as well. That was what they wanted to do.
2: I don't know. I feel like you needed somebody a little more... Rat packy, if that makes sense. And not even that, but like just sort of kind of like that, that noir kind of gumshoe, sort of not necessarily gruff, but somebody that's a little, they got a little edge to him. He can still be silly and goofy and horny and whatever, but I just don't think the performances match. The performance, the vocal performance of Howard, I don't think it matches what this film really needs. Like the dialogue back... is there to a certain extent.
1: I think that goes back to what you were saying, Stephen, about like it's it, is this for kids or is this for adults? Because like, I think if you take this Howard the Duck, he's so soft, mm-hmm. such such a soft boy, and put him into like a sweet, kid's sweet movie, soft boy. sweet sweet soft boy, and put him into a kids movie, like he fits perfectly. Like they needed to pick one or the other,
2: and that's what we've been saying this whole time. Just commit yeah. to
0: something, man, like this movie is flipping yeah. in
2: and going one way or the other, commit to something, and we're we'll be down for it. Just fucking decide and stick with it, you know
0: but it's like it's like the diner they go to. it's like it's called like joe roma's um it fuck what is it it's Joe Roma's Cajun sushi is the name of the restaurant. you got Italian, you got. Uh, Cajun, and you've got J- Japanese, and then what are the, what's the special? Bacon and eggs. So they got regular diner fare, too. Like, the diner can't decide what it wants to be, just like the movie can't decide what it wants to
2: be. That's that's another uh, bright spot in this film for me, is the performance of the waitress. I think she's she really very, fun. She's great. She's she fun. She's a very natural performance. In. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. She has committed more than this entire movie has committed to anything. Right. And that's why she kind of shines like that was another moment where I was like, "Okay, I'm into this for a second Mm -hmm. because this gal knows what's up.
0: And honestly, if if that is the same energy that Leah Thompson is giving off in this movie instead of like the earnest because she's very earnest. But if she's giving off the kind of energy that the waitress is giving off like that, I feel is I think maybe closer in pitch to what the comics were.
2: I think it would have worked a lot better, too.
0: I think it would have. Again, again, with it would have provided with us Mitchum with a as Howard. The Duck. So here's who they actually considered for <laughs> Howard the Duck. Robert Mitchum, not in the conversation.
2: That's too bad.
0: Two I'm actors in who... that
2: mob movie that I still haven't watched that I bought like three months ago. Anyway, go ahead.
0: Two actors who auditioned but didn't actually get cast. John Cusack and Martin Short auditioned for Howard. Did not get it. Uh, was eventually was eventually cast but quit a week into the movie robin williams
1: <laughs> i was going to suggest robin Williams actually. was actually cast no.
0: in this movie he's wonderful. As I love the it, voice he's of howard much. the duck
2: he's too much well here's what too, way too much
0: here's what happened here's why he quits so the entire role of howard the vocal performance of howard is all 80 yard in at the at the end of the movie so the entire movie is filmed which means that the performance of Howard, the physical performance of Howard is already done, which oh, means you got the beats and do and his
2: little voices and stuff.
0: Exactly. He couldn't, he couldn't ad I lib, he couldn't you, Robin, improvise. I'm he had to stick to the script and that is not something, which is why his performance as the genie works is they just turned yeah. him loose and then animated around him. Whereas this is exactly the opposite and he doesn't work in those tight constraints. And so he well, quits a week into the movie his career.
2: I don't no. think. I mean, you had world of Cardinal of Gart, but other than that, you didn't have a lot of, Dramatic right. performances from him where he had to actually stick to
0: something. Well, and I think even in those performances, he's still doing he's still doing some improv and still kind of discovering the character. Because that was the thing that Christopher Nolan said was really difficult about insomnia is you've got Pacino it's who dumb, wants to yeah. rehearse, 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 rehearse and film it once or twice. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Williams who just wants to rehearse it maybe once or twice and then just find it in and just film and film and film and film and just find it in the moment, in the scene. Um, And so no one's like, I had to kind of hold those two in tension, particularly in the scenes where they're together. I had to kind of do it a little differently for for them. That's
2: a good ass movie, too. If you have not seen Insomnia, which is a remake of like some kind of foreign film, right? Like a Swedish film? It's a Swedish film.
0: Yeah. Starring Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Which I have not seen, but I've always wanted to see. It's on Criterion. Insomnia. The original. Listeners, if you have not seen Insomnia, check that shit out. It's good. I, as saw,
0: hell. That is, I saw that one in theaters because I knew it was the guy who directed Memento and it was a movie with Rob, with Robin Williams in a serious role. So I was like, I want to see that. And I did. Did saw you see theaters.
2: Following, Stephen? Did you see Following before
0: Memento? Have you no. seen Following? I have seen Following multiple times, actually. Yes. Um, I, I I did a full Nolan rewatch in 2020 when I did my like 400-some oh, 400, yeah, yeah. 400 movies. So, yeah.
2: I felt like such a... Um, I don't know, like a pioneer, because like I saw Following on VHS, and then Memento came out, and people are like Memento, and I'm like, oh yeah. Have you seen Following though?
0: You're like the I ultimate fucking hipster. You're and like- I didn't
2: want to be that guy, but when you find yourself in that position, I wasn't even trying. Like I'm never trying to like find the diamond in the rough. I'm just looking for videos on the shelf and trying to watch as much shit as I can yeah. when I'm that age, like twenty, twenty one, whatever. And I just happened to come across it. I, I'm telling you, I'm a trendsetter, you guys. You're
0: something, all right. I'm not sure what, Rick. but you're something. Like,
2: when Brick came out, your boy was on it. I'm just saying. I know. Trendsetter. You're something. You're welcome for Pokemon,
0: by the way.
1: Sure. Sure, it was cool. <laughs>
0: You and your fucking avocado toast and your handlebar mustache.
2: I've never eaten an avocado. I've never tasted guacamole. And just like Howard the Duck, I don't ever plan on it ever. Well, well we got you to watch Howard the, the Duck, so... It's it's arbitrary and it's weird, but you know, you gotta have
0: boundaries. Look, yeah. man, the one boundary I set for myself was I'm never gonna watch Titanic. And you know what? I'm glad I broke that one because uh, Titanic's a good-ass movie.
2: It's... it's I'm not... You know... It's great. It's not for me, but I'm glad I saw it.
0: Yeah, it's good. It's real good. Would watch again.
2: That's another thing uh we were talking about bodies 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 on uh, the other thing we recorded tonight. That was what I felt like through most of the movie until the end. I was like, "You know what? This isn't for me, but I'm glad I've watched it." And then when the end came along, I was like, "Oh damn, wait. Actually, I think this is for
0: me." <laughs> That's
1: my opinion. I- it sucked.
0: I so. still yeah, haven't seen it, fine. so I can't weigh in here. If you want to hear anything else though, five dollar level, patreon.com slash Justin French Pod. Oh,
1: we're on that old Patreon.
0: Get to Patron in. That's it. That's it. That's roll. Um, so this movie um is made, it comes out, and it bombs hard.
2: Hold on, Steven. That makes me feel good though.
0: Oh, I'm not to the I'm not to the numbers yet because there's I oh, still have yeah, one yeah. more story I need to tell about this movie oh, and yeah, it like, maybe
1: there was a video
0: game. There was a video game and oh. I was hoping you found info on it. Yes. So
2: Scooching over to the corner. Not, not yet. yet. Not
0: yet. Okay. Pull it back. Oh, Pull well, it okay. back. All right, no, I, come I back. got one more story I got to tell. So the so Lucas is basically starting ILM who which does all the special effects for this movie and honestly the special effects are one of the best parts of this movie.
2: Looks great. Everything looks great. It
0: even, looks phenomenal. I'd say
2: even the production design, art direction, all great. I think and it's all wonderful.
0: I was getting some serious like Vincent D'Onofrio Men in Black vibes off of Jeffrey Jones's performance. Like everything he's doing is something that D'Onofrio would go on to perfect in There's Men in Black.
2: That Jeffrey Jones spends half of this movie in an eggersuit.
0: I mean, he's playing an otherworldly creature trapped in a human body. So, yeah, yeah kind of.
2: No, yeah, I can dig it. I can dig it.
0: Um, it's it's fucking weird and wild as hell. Like, it's 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 in, but but again, D'Onofrio does it like 10 times better. Um, it's
2: funny because I live in a house where there is an infant that has just learned to walk. Mm-hmm. And I texted my roommate the other day um, that since the infant has learned to walk, that's how he walks. Like, he's wearing an or suit. <laughs> like, he's just... He doesn't quite know what he's doing, <laughs> but he's getting there, you know?
0: That's funny. I, I like that. I just,
2: I, it made me think of that. That was really,
0: really funny. I mean, what infants are basically just bugs trying to adapt to our life. That's all they are. Yeah. Um, so ILM is, suit. ILM is just kind of starting out. Uh, like, he's just trying to get it off the ground when this movie is, is coming out. And so... This movie was supposed to be the success of this movie, is what gets ILM in the black. Um, however, this movie, as we said, is not successful. Um, so, in order to recoup the costs, George Lucas has to put up this computer animation division that he's just purchased in order to kind of recoup some of those costs. Um, and so he finds a buyer in a man named Steve Jobs. Uh, who offers to pay him well above market share for this tiny little computer animation company that he's purchased. George Lucas gladly accepts the offer and funnels that back into Skywalker Sound, Skywalker Ranch, ILM, all of that. Um, That little company uh, purchased by Steve Jobs would go on to become what we now know as Pixar.
1: And now you know the The rest rest of the the
0: story. story. Paul Harvey. So there's that's, that's an outdated
1: reference. Nobody listening no. has
0: that reference. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe a couple people will. Maybe, maybe we got some maybe. maybe we got some Gen Xers or some Maybe a boomer or two that might—I don't think any boomers are going to listen to this fucking show. But
2: it's too bad that I was peeing when you guys were talking about Paul Harvey, because <laughs> I would have whipped an impression on you that would have just like curled I mean, your we're,
0: hair. We're kind of not done talking about Paul There's Harvey. If you want to do are. it? We nope. nope.
2: Nope. you Do it. No.
0: No. You know, no, do you know it. what? No. Save no. it for the paywall. Save it for behind the paywall. Yeah,
2: there you go. We'll put that on the Zelda Rubenstein. Uh, there you board. go. We'll there there extra- you are. Paul Harvey little extra panel there.
0: There you go. Tucker. Tucker's Paul. Or no, we'll make that the next tier. When we get 20 patrons, you'll release the Paul hey. Harvey soundboard.
2: Yeah, and you don't even know what that's going to sound like. Like, Steven mm. has done some, some, Brett, you're going to die, girl. He's done some of that shit.
0: Not doing but that I, anymore on the main know, feed, though.
2: You don't even know what my Paul Harvey is. You don't know what it's like. We're going to hear no it. Will until you go to <laughs> patreon.com slash so, distantfranchpod
1: See, so I mean, people are going to give us money to be a patron and not even know what it sounds like. that's, yep. that's wild, Tucker. Well, that's that's, wild. no, that's
2: great because that's what like, we call
0: incentive, man.
2: And you get a guy like me; it's either going to be really accurate or just like so terrible that it's hilarious. So either way, you win.
0: That's win-win.
2: I don't do middle of the road shit, Brett. Like I either go hard or I literally go home. Like there's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing in between.
1: That's the Tucker guarantee. That is, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> and you can quote me. Is that your Miss Cleo impression? What was that?
2: Uh, no, it's the the guy from Rules of Attraction, the the coke dealer's friend.
0: The the watch David, that movie, you guys.
2: If, the uh, David Spade
0: show with Patrick Warburton. Oh,
2: Rules of Attraction, uh, Roger Avery film. Starring the Dawson. The Dawson is in that movie. The
0: Dawson. Oh, no, I do know what movie you're talking about now. Yeah, okay. The Dawson. Oh, my God. You're the Dawson. Um, Brett, what's going on in that corner over there?
1: Oh, yeah. So, turns out uh, there was a game released pretty much only on computers. Um uh, mm-hmm. Published by Activision. Mm-hmm. The- video game company we're all well aware of. Um, for the, I, I, don't, I don't even recognize one of these. The ZX Spectrum.
0: That's hey. the ZX
2: Spectrum.
1: ZX Spectrum, okay. That is you. a
2: British computer, so you pronounce it ZX Spectrum. Oh, okay, my,
1: my apologies. Um, so the ZX Spectrum, the Commodore 64, and the Apple II. Uh, the game is a tie-in and a sequel to the film. Okay. Oh. Yes. Um, a little more so, lore. You, yeah, well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, well. So you're, you're controlling Howard. He's trying to save his friends, Phil and Beverly, after being parachuted to Volcano Island. Howard needs to find a backpack to proceed the place with all the search. Yeah. The game then consists of four levels, and the last of which Howard, armed with a neutron gun, will finally face overlord
0: like you do because he's back baby like you do the vagina the vagina dentata monster himself
1: which just makes the movie make even less sense um Mm -hmm. because like they were supposed to go back like they were supposed to have host bodies right but like Mm -hmm. those were full-on monsters coming through the portal like what was going to happen there
0: well they were going to inhabit bev that's why he had bev there
1: Well, but, like, so then when Jeffrey Jones, the scientist, was, uh, he wasn't possessed. We didn't see a giant monster coming to him. That came out afterwards.
0: Well, no, but we didn't see him get possessed, like, at all. We just saw the after effect of it.
2: Oh, there's a transition. Uh, But it it takes takes the whole damn movie, yeah. Oh, he's gone now. He was here a little bit. This whole time, but now he's totally gone. But then he's not totally gone because when it leaves, he's back. So
0: yeah, that's that's the funny thing is like when it when it when he's gone, it's like the movie's like, well, we don't want to kill anyone because kids are gonna watch this, and that's the thing. The eighties, you could do a lot, get away with a lot yeah. in Come a kids on, movie. You
2: Go- have you seen the Goonies? Anybody seen the Goonies? Gremlins, Ghostbusters, not seen. But have you fucking seen The Goonies?
0: We talked about it on this podcast, Jesus. Tucker.
2: I know. I'm just saying, like, yeah. kids' movies were a different kind of thing back then, man. Absolutely. And for better or for worse. I don't know how I feel about it either way, but it was certainly a different thing. Yeah, speaking you can get Goonies. away with shit like that.
1: Speaking of The Goonies, don't go listen to that episode. It's real bad. I'm gonna, we talk about real good episodes on this show. Don't go listen to You the know Goonies. what, Brett? Goonies was when, not a good episode. Goonies, I'm just going
2: to say it. When it comes to The Goonies, if it's good enough. For you, it's good enough for me. Aye, 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 aye.
1: It's good enough,
2: yes. Your love. Thank you, thank you. That's that's enough. my peak this evening. Let's wrap this up, gentlemen. Uh, yeah, um, but anyway,
1: look, like the video game Didn't was just met with just as much vitriol as the movie was, and nobody cared. Anyway, I believe that. So close the book on that one.
0: Uh, So based on an estimated production budget of 30 million dollars, which was probably even more uh, when you take into account the ad campaign, which seemed to want to like completely overshadow uh, what Howard looked like. They were saving that reveal for the movie. Um, And also there was like a Budweiser tie in with this movie, you know, for kids. Um, Kids, yeah. This movie out of that 30 million dollar budget uh, makes back a total domestic box office of 16.3 million dollars. Um, a, a pretty substantial bomb makes pretty much nothing overseas as well. Uh, it I didn't is like, like
2: this movie, but it deserved a little more than that. And that's Jeez, a 90, it's just that's for the a production alone.
1: Dollars. That's a 1980s dollars.
0: Yeah, oh, Lee. uh, let me see if I can get adjusted for inflation. Uh, adjusted for inflation, it would be about 40,000 adjusted for inflation or 40 million. Sorry. Adjusted for inflation. So, yeah. That's a, so yeah, about sixteen, about. sixteen point three million. 16.3 million, not a lot of dollars. Um, it, this movie comes out on August 1st, 1986. It opens at three. It is the third highest grossing movie the week that it comes out. Um, and it's got some pretty steep competition, Uh, In first place, holding steady after three weeks um, from our good buddy James Cameron, it's Aliens. Um, Like one of the best movies in that franchise. Uh, Two movies in
2: that franchise? That is good.
0: Uh, That is really good. I like other movies in that franchise, but those (laughs) two are the best ones.
1: I like one other movie in that franchise, sure. Me too.
2: I want to like three. I want to like three so bad because the atmosphere is so... Create such an atmosphere but it's just such a bad movie it's it not great if it
1: hadn't completely ignored if it hadn't mm. completely uh was it force, force no force awake no not force awakens what's the third one i never remember the name rise of skywalker yes okay. rise of skywalker the second movie
0: yeah that's kind of the the bummer about it is they like kill off newton and, and yeah not it's not cool like the I whole like the
2: idea of three i do i really really do there, there are some great potential. ideas I like it. yeah that's the
0: potential but it renders the second movie completely useless, which sucks because the second movie's real broke good. Um, in second place, what is widely regarded as one of the best films in its franchise, new this week, uh, is Friday the thirteenth, part six, Jason Lives. Ah, uh,
2: seven's my go to.
0: I mean, High same five on that, Stephen.
2: So, yeah, Three-way high five. That's that's all of our favorites. I yeah. Think, yeah, all the fans and the cameras. Yeah. Yay!
0: Yeah, we all love it. Uh, but a lot, a lot of other people, a lot of people who are not us, a lot of people who really love that franchise would say six. Uh, in third place, you got Howard the Duck. In fourth place, you have a little movie called uh, "In After Seven Weeks." It's at number four, The Karate Kid Part Two. Two's not uh, bad. So there you go. There's it's that one.
2: They right. go to the Okinawas, and you have. Uh, the very good scene at the beginning where uh Mr. Miyagi pretends like he's gonna kill that guy, but instead he's like he's Alanis Morissette and dogma and he's like
0: and
2: he honks his nose.
0: Oh get yeah. a little tweaky tweaky tweak. That's <laughs> good times. I don't uh, know if you guys
2: have seen the Karate Kid too, but it's probably one of the best moments yeah. in cinema history and not one of the I've best movies the in cinema kid. history.
0: You've oh, never seen a Karate a,
2: Kid? I don't you think know I've about seen the R- Ralph Macchio's. You don't know about the Ralph Macchio's? I mean, I know
0: about Ralph Macchio. You I just don't, don't think I've seen the a Karate
2: Pat Kid. M- Moritas. Oh, trust you know
0: about me, I know kid? Pat Morita. Arnold from Happy. Never seen yeah, it. Well, yeah, there's that. Yeah.
1: So I mean, yes, yeah, Karate Kid one and two, and yeah. then go watch Cobra Kai. Well,
0: I watch mean, at some point, we're at some point we're going to cover the Jaden Smith Karate Kid on this podcast, which I did not
2: mind. I didn't mind. It was fine. It was, it, was uh, yeah, it was fine. It was fine. It's going to happen. If been called anything but Karate Kid, you would have liked it, Brett. Right? You would have at least liked it a little bit. You would have been like, a, yeah, this is all right. This is, is fine. Jackie
1: Chan in it. Of course I
2: would have. Yeah, and he's great in it, too. He is, yeah.
1: You're right. And
2: I thought that uh, I thought Jaden Smith was okay in it, too. Like he plays the role, he does what he does, and it's fine. It works. Anyway. <laughs> uh, in
0: fifth place, you've got Heartburn, which I believe is the film based on the life of Elaine May if i'm not mistaken there maybe maybe. um i think that's right uh directed by mike nichols let me double check yep i'm right that is correct uh yes i'm right um and then rounding out the top 10 you've got ruthless people in number six top gun (gasps) in number seven you
2: guys remember um there was the song the theme song for ruthless people was a big deal (laughs) steven knows exactly what i'm about to talk about do you remember the the weird owl song was toothless people
0: no i don't he was like,
2: toothless people their breath is lethal no. Toothless
0: people
2: you guys no, no i think it's on it's not on in 3d maybe is the record that's on you guys i'm not the biggest weird owl fan here am i don't well, make no, like, that I, mean.
1: I'm a pretty big Weird Al fan. Like I have a I have a playlist of pretty much on Spotify, pretty much all of his good stuff. Truthless people, and so, breath is lethal. You I will just there. throw on the Weird Al playlist every once in a while.
2: Sure, I like I like Weird Al enough. It's yeah. from Polka Party. It's from Polka Party, which is a good ass record. You guys, like outside of Dare to Be Stupid, it's probably his. second-best I mean,
1: record. does Weird Al have a bad record?
2: No, but his Uh, best record is Dare to Be Stupid. Like,
1: okay, (laughs) all right, all right, man. I didn't really, I don't got opinions. I mean, I, I grew up mainly.
2: Since
0: when do you not have opinions?
2: Get out of here, Brett. Give me your opinions. (laughs) I mean, what? I mean, self-titled is amazing. In three D is amazing. I I haven't really thought about it.
1: To be honest with you, I haven't really thought about my favorite Weird Al record. But I mean, if I got to go with one, it's probably Running with Scissors because that's the one I like grew up with.
2: That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I. Up with the cassette tapes of like Polka Party and N3D and like the self-titled record. I don't what? think Running with Scissors came out until I think I was living in Germany when Running with Scissors came out. We're not it that it would have come like a year younger
0: than me, though, aren't you, Brett? He's a year uh, younger than me. Yeah.
2: Okay, so it's still and two I'm a couple
0: years of younger than few. you.
2: I don't know if I was ahead of the curve or if you were behind it. But there's some kind of weird timeline going on there.
0: Well, no, Running with Scissors came out when I think we were in middle school, and like this, or no, it would have been high school because it was about the saga begins, was about um yeah. the the prequel. So the yeah, Star that would have come War. out when we were yeah. in we're in the in first the high school. schools. Yeah. So
2: yeah. oh no, it was Poodle Hat that came out when I was in Germany.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say Poodle yeah. Hat uh, was the first one that Scissors Scissors I bought.
2: Came out, I think, right either as I was graduating high school or right after.
0: For someone who is really anxious to end this show, you are really hitting the tangents hard as I try to well, get through now this box office. we're talking about Weird Al, though, man. I could go on for about three hours, man. I Come mentioned on. Ruthless People <laughs> and tried to quickly <laughs> move people. on to Top Gun, <laughs> and, and no, you had to derail the entire conversation to talk about Weird Al.
2: Toothless we... People's great, though. And Polka doing? Party? Polka Party has one of Weird Al's best songs on it, which is his happy song.
0: In AIDS, opening new this week. <laughs> Is the Tom Hanks, Jackie Gleason comedy? Nothing in common Uh, in ninth place. Flight of the Navigator and 10. What if Rodney Dangerfield went back to school?
2: Also, living with the hernias on that record. Another great weird song.
0: The Tomatometer score on Howard the Duck is a 14%. The critics' consensus, while it has its moments, Howard the Duck suffers from an uneven tone and mediocre performances. The Metascore is a 28, based on generally unfavorable reviews from 21 critics. And the Letterboxd score is a 2%. Point one, uh, Brett. Out of five stars, how many do you give to 1986's How Are the Duck?
1: I gave it one and a half. I gave it one star for the great practical effects and half a star for Leah Thompson in her underwear.
0: <laughs> You're a simple man. You see a half-naked Leah Thompson, you like.
1: Yeah, man. Look. I mean, kind of
0: disrespectful that she only gets half a star, but okay.
1: Well, look, I don't look. I'm not like you know a misogynist asshole it's like that we know yes yeah, that you know of. Uh, <laughs> I, I see sexy lady in movie i give many stars
0: <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Why, human nature it's why, why
1: lady not naked though only hey, half star. speaking of
2: boy season two of the revival of beavis and butthead dropped a couple days ago and you guys need to get on it it's on Straight I up never, Paramount+. Plus.
0: I never watched the original Beavis and Butthead.
2: Well, then forget it, Steven. I don't even <laughs> fucking care.
0: Brett, watch the new <laughs> Beavis and Butthead.
1: Jesus. <laughs> Was the reboot movie good? Did yeah, I watch
2: the, the movie the, first? The, does the... Oh, yeah, because there's some stuff in the first season of the revival that is directly related to the movie. Beavis and Butthead do the galaxy or the universe or whatever it is? Yeah, because yeah, they have that. to
1: explain why they're in modern times now. So Well, sometimes
2: did... they are, and sometimes there's... it's. It's kind of a Beavis and Butthead multiverse, but it's not as complicated as that sounds. Just trust me. Watch the movie. Watch the—if you have any interest at all, watch the movie. Watch the revival. It's yeah. really good. It's classic. It's probably the best the show has been. Well, I don't know, the 2011 Lover, but the show's always been good. So it's just—it's Beavis and Butthead. It's great. Watch yeah. it. Speaking of
0: Beavis and Butthead, Tucker, how many stars do you give Howard the Duck?
2: Uh... I give—strangely enough— I give Howard the Duck two stars. One star for the amazing effects, production design, and art direction in this film. Everybody came to work. The construction guys, the people who are making these sets, the fucking phenomenal job. The stop motion is the best I've ever seen. And the second star is because even though I hate this movie, I get it. Like, I understand. Like, I know what you were going for, and I admire that. Like, I want people to try to make weird movies. I want shit like this to come out, whether it's good or bad, whether I like it or not. Like, I'm all about this kind of stuff existing. And so that's where that other star comes from. Two stars.
0: I find it really weird that for someone who is so vocally anti this movie you rated it higher than both brett and i because i also, also gave it a one and a half stars. Movie.
2: i'm just
1: saying <laughs> so yeah you rated it higher than both of us but you hate this way more than we do i don't right agree.
0: i don't oh, get it either God, it's
2: so awful. but here's
0: the thing like on letterbox i will give this one and a half stars but i will also put a heart next to it that i like it because i'm not gonna say it's a good movie but again i find it so incredibly fascinating that these people worked on this movie and this is what we got. Like, I find that absolutely unbelievable. Um, and I am just completely flummoxed and flabbergasted by the whole thing. Again, I own, I own it now. Like, I bought it on 4K. It is going to be... You
2: did buy that, motherfucker? Are you serious?
0: I, 100%. <laughs> hundred percent
2: wow. it's a lot to drop on a steel book of a movie that's i didn't do the steel book bullshit
0: i did not do the steel book
2: oh good I, i'm so I glad i just
0: did the straight no i'm not gonna i was not gonna drop that much on that steel
2: Steven, book. i was like i don't want to be your accountant boy because like that was a big old piss away of money if you no, bought that steel
0: book. <laughs> son no, no 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 i bought the 4k but not the steel book
2: okay Respect my that,
0: cart man. my cart was weird as fuck because here's here's what was in my cart it was howard the duck um oh shit i forgot the third movie i got it was the steven spielberg west side story it's like m or bicycle thieves or something like i i, I wish, wish. that would that would make it really funny um no it was the, it you know what it was it was the steel book of tucker and dale versus evil i finally hey, i okay. finally got around Hell to buying yeah, that one again
2: yeah i got that one hey, hey. you guys have either of you <clears throat> listened to the commentary on that well i
0: haven't gotten it yet i will be receiving it in the mail later by the time this episode drops i will have it but i also don't have
2: a good
1: way to watch physical media right now because i just don't i need i need like a better i need a new console video game console so i can do that
2: i get that series x boy so you can
1: play with your boy probably actually gonna get the ps5 because the horizon zero dawn is exclusive to xbox or exclusive to playstation
2: Suck. I thought we were friends. You said we were look, friends, Brett.
1: Well, yeah, man. But look, but then, like you know, my girlfriend's favorite game is exclusive to PlayStation. Oh so. well,
2: well, in that case, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you yeah. Gotta...
0: The look, the man was, knows. The know man what knows guys, what his bread is buttered. Okay, I
2: was raised on rose before hose. Just yeah, say it. That how, first of all,
0: aged well at all. First of all, how dare you say that about Brett's lady? That is disrespectful and rude as fuck. Actually,
1: (laughs) actually. How dare you?
2: How dare you, sir? I I can't believe you've done this. Boo (laughs) this, man. I don't believe you've done this. Boo. I will allow you to fight me.
0: Good Lord. (laughs) What have we become?
2: That's such a bad thing.
0: What have we become? All right. That is our episode on 1986's Howard the Duck. I am so sorry for everything that we said in this episode. Please do not cancel us. And the
2: polka party is probably my favorite of all the pocos of a weird owl album
0: this has been the disenfranchised podcast you can find us on social media on twitter instagram letterboxd and facebook at disenfranch pod we've mentioned it several times but swing on by disenfranch or patreon.com slash disenfranch pod uh throw us either three or five dollars and we can absolutely get you some great new content. Uh, you can also shoot us an email, this in French, pod at gmail.com. If there is any. Um... <laughs> Tucker, you can, you can promote your own social media at the end when I get to you. Calm the fuck down, man. I just thought maybe you guys had forgotten. I'm so excited; it's such a big part of my life now. No, I, of course, I have not forgotten. I'm gonna let you do that when you promote your own shit. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just
2: hanging out over here, waiting for you to stop talking, Steven.
0: That's pretty much been you this whole episode. Half the time, you don't even wait; you just go.
2: <laughs> oh, this recording is so off the hey. rails. Hey, that's why, you, that's why. That's why. why hired I said, me. What
0: have we become? Hey. I hadn't asked to be
2: on this podcast, Steven. You invited me.
0: You kind of did, actually. So this is on you. You demanded to come on whenever we talked about Buckaroo Banzai, so you started this mess.
2: I was was a guest. I was a guest. He doesn't even go here. (laughs) I'm not even supposed to be here today, Steven.
0: Oh my god, what have we become? What is this?
1: Uh, pull it back. Pull it back. Socials. Uh, let's, I'm so uh, let's fucking
2: broken. Off, top boys and uh, action.
0: Disinfranchpod at gmail.com. Shoot us an email. Uh, let us know if there's a failed franchise starter you want to see us cover or just if you want to say hi. Well, we might read what you write here on the air. And speaking of reading what you write here on the air um swing on over to your podcatcher of choice particularly if that is apple Podcasts or spotify leave us a nice juicy five-star rating and review so we can find other people just like you uh and they can enjoy this podcast as well um uh, i'm your host Stephen foxworth you can find me on instagram letterboxd and twitter at chewy walrus brett where can we find you these days
1: you can find me on instagram and letterboxd at sus underscore warlock
0: and tucker Thank you so much for your patience. Where can we find you? I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention. What's going on? Socials. <laughs> I'm
2: just kidding. Um, you can find me as always on the the YouTube's, uh, and that's at www.youtube.com/slash. Oh yeah, you're right. Ice nine oh nine. That's I C E N I N E. The number zero and the number nine. Uh, there's also, I think, there's another place that you can find me on social media, but it's not, it's not something I'm in charge of. Um, it's something you, I kind gonna, of volunteered for.
0: And,
2: I'm going to hand this over to my social media manager, Stephen. Do you want to explain to the folks at home what, uh, what we have going on here?
0: Uh, Tucker has decided that he needs a place to showcase his mugs, uh, and so if you go to Instagram and you look for Tuck underscore mugs, uh, T U C K underscore M U G S, you can find. Uh, a number of mugs that Tucker owns. Uh, You can find information on what is on them uh, on where he got them and what is in them. Um, And uh, maybe someday soon, or maybe even now you yourself can submit your mug uh, to disenfranch at gmail.com. And you yourself can have a mug featured on tuck mugs.
2: I know I will become a thing. I would love to have one of my, I don't know know if my mugs are cool enough on there.
0: I don't know if my mugs are good enough for tuck mugs. Hey, but... if
2: they've got a good story behind them and there's something tasty inside of them,
0: everything I mean, goes well, it's pretty much just going to be black coffee inside of all my mugs. Hey, people love black, of, coffee. Kind of black coffee.
1: What kind of black coffee is it? That's what I had in mind. In sometimes
2: I like black. I, you know what? I like to frou frou up my drinks. You do, but I also just like some straight up black coffee sometimes. It, whatever mood strikes me, man. Uh, I don't like to be, you know, close minded about stuff. I like to a little bit of this, and a little bit of that and shuffle it up like a good playlist, you know? So,
0: so literally Tucker is in charge of taking the pictures and writing the captions. I literally just transpose it onto social media. That is all I do. Everything else is I just Tucker. Re- I just refuse
2: to <laughs> interact with social media because for a long time, it just made me feel like garbage. So, I appreciate you, Steven, for putting yourself out there on the front line.
0: I mean, yeah. you you guys both barely use social media, so I pretty much have to run social media for this podcast, or no one would ever know what we were doing, ever.
1: <laughs> and look, for the same reason that Tucker doesn't, like, I just, it makes me feel like shit to be on there, especially Twitter, mainly Twitter.
0: Twitter's um, kind of a cesspool. I'm not on it look, nearly as much as I used to be. It's, it's kind of uh, gross.
1: And you know, I was born in the wrong generation for social media, because, like, I barely took any pictures while I was on vacation because I was
2: just enjoying it with my eyeballs.
0: Dude, that's me. There are first of all, how dare you?
2: (laughs) There are entire like periods of my life that are not documented photographically because I think so little about taking a photo of something. And that's not I'm not like I'm not saying that as a humble brag or whatever. Like, that's really terrible because I'd love to look back at those memories and stuff. Yeah. There are ages in my life I don't remember what I look like, and there's no photos to show me how yeah. I looked. Or what I, I,
1: looked I, like. I do genuinely wish I took more pictures. I don't definitely. Me too. Me too. But I, just, I it's don't. Just not, like I, I get wrapped up in like whatever I'm it. doing. Yeah. I'm just enjoying the moment, and I forget to take Absolutely. a picture. Absolutely. So, I mostly I take
0: pictures of my dog and my food, and then sometimes my face. Yeah, I can always my...
1: remember to take a picture of my pet or food. But sometimes my girlfriend
0: a... wants to know what I look like, so I'll send her a picture of myself every now and again. But like,
1: sure, yeah. yeah. That's why my Instagram goes barely used, but I'm mm-hmm. there. I'm still there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which reminds me, I haven't posted any vacation pictures on my Instagram yet, Jesus Christ.
0: Why don't you do that right now while you're thinking about it? And and while you do that, I'll go ahead and and, end the episode because good Lord, we've almost been going two hours on this thing and we need to land this motherfucking plane. So from all of us at the disenfranchised podcast to all of you, we're glad to be back. Obviously, we're a little rusty. We're getting back into it. But God, this was a lot of fun. So we hope you enjoyed our Howard the Duck episode. Um, I am your host, Stephen Foxworthy, from my co-hosts, Brett Wright and Tucker. Until next time.
2: You know, Polka Party also has living with a hernia. If you guys have seen Rocky 3, that song that James Brown sings, Living in America, it's like that, but like he's talking about the different kind of hernias that he has. And it's really funny because I had a hernia once, and the only reason I knew what kind that I had was because I listened to Living with a Hernia.